2: Lumos. Hello friends, welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio, I'm your host Ezra, aka Bill, also known as Sir Ezra the Watchful, History of Magic Professor, the Flannel Wizard, obviously, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host, and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur.
3: Einen wunderschönen guten tag. We are so happy you are here. Come in and make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 52 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will talk about chapter 4 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the Leaky Cauldron. As always, we'll start with our cottage catch-up, train you and ourselves for future trivia nights, and do our best to learn more about magical and fantastic beasts. <laughs> okay, let's dive into the cottage ketchup. And I want to go first. You know, it might seem like, oh, we're petting ourselves on the back. I just want to tell you that I am so thankful, and I think you're doing so awesome. And I just want to tell you here on the podcast in front of everybody that you're making amazing content, and I love watching your videos. And I mean, most people probably know this, you're behind 98% of our short content and you're doing such a great job and it's, it's so fun to be a little part of it. Sometimes here and there I'll, I'll type up a little script. So that's fun. I enjoy that. You do tons of work on it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you're really after it and, and I, I love supporting you in that project and it's, it's so much fun discovering all the nitty gritty details of the series. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you very much for saying that. I really appreciate it. I have, I'll say this, I have an obsession. I have an obsession. I have many obsessions, but uh, now that we've started down this avenue of like looking into different things in the series, I can't stop. I really can't. I am always looking. I'm like, let's go to the PDF of the book. Let me find it. Do a quick search, control find, and try to find quotes and things that back up questions or understand the series better. In ways that I never have before. So yeah. used to just read it a ton and ton, you know, over and over and over again. And once I started making shorts, I really <laughs> have it right. It's an, I have yes. like I think sixty or seventy questions. Oh yeah, pending so
3: many questions J- just by reading the series and and stumbling upon new details and
2: yeah. yeah, it's nuts. It's honestly a little bit crazy. So thank you for bearing <laughs> with me while I am going down this these crazy rabbit holes.
3: Yeah, and you're that storyteller type of guy who loves all the details and. We were watching, and we said this uh, on the previous episode, we were watching the latest uh, Bridgerton huh. series, yeah. Queen Charlotte, and you were Googling the entire history oh of my. the British crown. Yeah, King George. And you're just amazed by all the facts and, and how much is true of that, that they should, I mean, not, obviously not everything, but right. a lot of it actually matches with, uh, with King yeah. George's Transit of Venus. History.
2: Transit, you know, I mean, Mars is bright tonight. We know that in this series, but did you know that Venus has a particular transit route that comes every once in a while? It was crazy to yeah. learn all these different scientific things and see that that related to King George the Third and that's based yeah. in history and stuff. Yeah. So I get obsessed mm-hmm. there. You're confirming that I, I go down these rabbit holes where I just yes, sort of... Yes, uh, that is great. I really enjoy it. Can't help myself. Can't and help myself.
3: That's why I think you would be such a great history professor and teacher because you get excited about this stuff and you, you can tell others in a way where just as a, a former professor of mine, when I took a lot of English classes in college, yeah, it was about English history, British history. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. every week we would just come back and it was just like a soap opera that he, soap opera is something a like film, right? Yeah. yeah. But like, a, a, no, it's still he the, just the, the, told the story yeah. in a story teller kind of fashion. Right. And right. everybody came back. It was, I, n- I remember it was the earliest lecture. They're known for a smaller amount of students showing up. But this lecture was packed because everyone wanted yeah. to know what yeah. what happened. What happens Tell next? Tell us more. What yeah. happens next? Yeah. It's dramatic. It's, it was so cool. And I, I think you could do the same. You could get kids excited for history so well thank, you very, that out, thank
2: you very much <laughs> i would love it because i lo- i actually had a, a professor at ohio state who mm-hmm. very similar i would come in i didn't i never missed a class because he just lectured and he painted a picture in your mind and i was like yeah come on what now what happened what who and I, you're sitting there almost thinking like no he wouldn't have done that did he really do that that yeah. really happened somebody else betrayed this person and you you get caught up in in real histories that are very dramatic. I know. I mean, yeah. kind of crazy. And I think to dramatize them a little bit for young learners, you know, people who are trying, it's boring, history is dull, and you're just quoting mm-hmm. facts, and this person mm-hmm. did this, and then they did this. But if you can get into some of the, if you can add a little, even if it's embellishing a little bit, some emotion and some drama, then I think it's, I think it's yeah. great. And I'm great at embellishing a little bit. I, can, right. I tell tall <laughs> tales. You can't always. I am a truth teller, but at the same time, I like to just... Add a little bit. You know, it's like cooking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. like you can just cook regular plain eggs if you just want eggs and somebody said I want egg. Right. I like to spice
3: it up a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: So, sorry.
3: And you make great eggs, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> those were
2: good. We did have eggs and uh, this morning it was great. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. No, and friends, if you get a chance, I yeah, go check out the shorts. They're they're fun. I'm having a good time. Uh I had to post a video though, so I did this one on the one on Fred Weasley uh and his (laughs) (laughs) death being foreshadowed. I they are uh, I mean flat out just killing me in the comments and it is hilarious. So if you're a listener uh and you've not really checked out you don't really listen to the shorts, you're you're kind of like whatever. I, I like the longer podcasting format if you're at work or you're at home doing your thing go check that one out it's just a little go to harry potter hangout go to the youtube page one make sure you're subscribed uh to go find i think it's titled like she always knew mm-hmm. that fred was going to die or something <laughs> she always knew yeah. and people in there in the comments are just sort of like yes fred is actually spelled with a d therefore like uh, basically the evidence <laughs> that i gave just to, to set this up that that Fred was foreshadowed, like his death is foreshadowed or hinted at in the series, is minimal because there's next to none. Yeah. Right. You're next. You're like, what? Why was this not foreshadowed at all? Yeah. And it's not really. It's it's you you want that to be a surprise, so you're looking for like any evidence. Is there anything? Is there one example? Is there two examples where in which Fred Weasley's death is is foreshadowed? And uh, I found one or two um, that mm-hmm. might actually mm-hmm. work. And people were just like, Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Such an exaggeration, such a stretch, and the comments are just <laughs> hilarious. they they will, they, you will die of laughter. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, what else has been going on though? I don't know. Really, we're wrapping up the school year. Oh, we do have well, a big hangout coming soon. We so do. Is that this coming week? I think actually.
3: Nope.
2: When we post the week after. Oh, okay. So the week yeah, after the twenty-sixth. Oh, okay.
3: yeah. yeah, May twenty-sixth is when we have our Patreon hangout with uh our patrons yeah so, so just a casual yep hang out some we'll uh have some butter beer, some games so that would be fun
2: yeah yeah looking forward we to it
3: would love to see you there so if you want to sign up last minute
2: just come say hi for five minutes you know stop on in there love <laughs> to see you <laughs> all right what else though i mean really not much uh right? well
3: there was actually okay. there is much <laughs> it looks very much like we can finally uh go to germany this summer oh yeah and yeah probably also go to scotland yes so we can't Magical we, city you, you, you guys know edinburgh. how much we love scotland and mm-hmm. yeah we'll definitely post a lot of pictures on our instagram Florian, bill mm. don't miss out on that if you want to see pictures from germany and from edinburgh
2: yeah we're excited we are excited for that so didn't think it was going to happen didn't think we were going to get the mm-hmm. permissions but we did and so
3: have you ever asked yourself what if i join a trivia night in a scottish pub and they ask harry potter questions what well, would you do
2: well one i'd probably win you got a problem with me being that confident you got a problem with that you, <laughs> you gotta, would probably no, i'm kidding kid, i would not people listening hopefully were like you know pff, no uh, there's no way i mean you would probably be really good no no, no i i i would definitely love to have a good time Harry. but we should go to one around here locally too before i know there are there are plenty that that go on and i would love to to go do them for fun we could team up with uh, Megan and Katie sometime in Cleveland. They came yes. up there, too. So. Oh, that'd be, that'd be so cool. Yeah.
3: I was just going to say, you would have hoped, or you would hope, you would have trained more, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> see, I didn't give you the answer you wanted. You were like, uh, well, you know what? Ask the questions. Let's see. Let's see how well I do. I've not. I have no All right. clue. No.
3: All right. This week's trivia training, question number one. What is Percy's Owl's name? I know Percy has is, an owl? There what? is a family owl.
2: Errol, yeah.
3: Percy also has his own owl because he's fancy like that. And what? he has a girlfriend, so he needs his own owl. You know what I mean?
2: What in the world? <laughs> Percy's got an owl? Mm-hmm. I, pff, what? Henry? I don't even know. Uh,
3: yeah, it starts with an H.
2: does start with an H, doesn't it? Yes. See, knew that. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> What is
3: okay? I can give you a hint. Give me a hint. It's from Greek mythology, a name. Hercules. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. No, not not quite. Hermes. Yes, the messenger, right? I knew, it was, right? Her- I knew Hermes. it was Hermes. Yes. Hercules, get Hercules. out of here! <laughs> can you imagine Her- an owl Her- named Hercules? Yeah, <laughs> Especially nah. Percy. Yeah. Well, why not? You know. Hermes,
2: sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay,
3: and then give me the full name of the ice cream shop in Diagon Alley.
2: Uh. Fortescue? Is it yeah. Fortescue? And Huh? That's
3: good. I, I count that as a half point.
2: Yeah, Fortescue creamery. Um, <laughs> ice Cream.
3: Yes, ice cream is in
2: there. Fortescue's magical ice cream shoppery. Almost. What's it what is it?
3: Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor. That's what I said. Yeah. There you go.
2: You and know. That's what I was thinking. Can't wait to go know. back there. Oh, cannot right, wait. right
3: to Diagon Alley in Orlando and have Porkuski's ice cream.
2: Although we were not going to have as much as Harry has.
3: I know. I he can't. He has wait. like
2: every half hour <laughs> like you're the amazing. thunder. Amazing. I mean, do you think he was serving? Do you think he made a special one for Harry that he never made for anyone else that he called the chosen one?
3: <gasps> what if what <laughs> if his ice cream has a spell on it that you never get full and you can come back again and again and again and have Ooh, more ice cream and just buy more ice cream.
2: <laughs> Devilish. Wow. That would be some uh, manipulation. H-
3: Hermione's parents would lose their minds because they're dentists.
2: Well, it might be padding <laughs> their pockets too so you can see oh, a business okay, deal. Okay,
3: okay, right, okay. So. Does Florian Forskew have a business deal with Hermione's
2: parents? Parents, yeah. Sort of, hey. Yeah.
3: Also, another question people have asked before we dive into our weekly Magi Zoology lesson. Uh-huh. How do people have dental care uh wizards and witches because they're all like what is you know when hermione says what her parents do yeah, i don't did. know if that's a movieism but everyone's like huh what's a dentist
2: right and then what uh,
3: okay so do, do wizards never get cavities
2: they're better brushers okay you know they're better yeah, yeah. maybe they have a, a extra little charm on the toothbrush blu- tooth or whatever <laughs> cleaning
3: My, yeah there might be that might be a toothpaste Magical toothpaste that prevents. Ca- I mean, that's what <laughs> toothpaste does. It should prevent cavities. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? It, it takes care of your teeth. And, yeah. So you never have to give a of Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Figured yeah. that out. All right.
2: What? You rescue these creatures? Yes, that's right.
3: Rescue, nurture, and protect them. I'm, I'm gently trying to educate my fellow wizards about them. Come on. Our weekly magizoology zoology lesson. We now have a new system. I marked all the beasts we have already covered in my copy of uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And now we're going to go through the rest of them that we haven't covered yet in alphabetical order. Unless there is a beast in the upcoming chapter that we haven't covered yet. And then, you know, that makes sense. We cover that beast. Mm -hmm. Sure. So because of that new system, the next one is the ashwinder ashwinder has a classification of three x's the ashwinder is created when a magical fire and it has a little footnote there what is a magical fire any fire to which a magical substance such as flu powder has been added so by adding a magical substance to a fire you make the fire magical
2: whoa okay
3: okay so the ashwinder is created when a magical fire is allowed to burn unchecked for too long a thin pale gray serpent with glowing red eyes it will rise from the embers of an unsupervised fire and slither away into the shadow of the dwelling in which it finds itself leaving an ashy trail behind it the ashwinder or is it ashwinder it must
2: be ash now that you said it leaves a trail (laughs) You asked me before. You said you were like, "Is it ash winder or ash winder?" And I said winder. Okay. So that, there you go. Now that you've said it, leaves a trail. It is ash winder. <laughs> okay. Okay.
3: The ash winder lives for only an hour, and during that time, seeks a dark and secluded spot in which to lay its eggs. After uh-huh. which, it will collapse into dust. Ash winder eggs are brilliant red and give off intense heat. They will ignite the dwelling within minutes, if not found and frozen with a suitable charm. Oh my goodness. Any wizard realizing that one or more ash winders are loose in the house must trace them immediately and locate the nest of eggs. Once frozen, the eggs, these eggs are of great value for use in love potions what? and may be eaten whole as a cure for egg... Wait, what's A-G-U-E?
2: A-G-U-E.
3: Ash winders are found worldwide, obviously, if you have a fire. Yeah. Wow. That sounds a little scary. So you always never leave your magical fire unsupervised, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Agu. Agu. Okay. Malaria.
3: Oh, that's another word for malaria.
2: I oh, don't know. It just says, yeah, I just looked it up. Wow, okay. That's
3: so much we learn. That's kind. That's cool. kind of crazy. So it's a love love potion ingredient too. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I've heard ash winder eggs mm-hmm. as an ingredient. I, I remember that being a potion ingredient. Wow. So I mean, like, I guess that makes the question: Would you want to have one? No, I will, unnecessary. We'll, you probably would. Won't. I want to
2: have uh, some some frozen eggs that are to good in potions, potions or good are good for cure. I'm sure it's not just only love potions. I feel like no, they just yeah. tell you whatever they have made but you know in the future you could you know a combination of this or that and maybe some Mm -hmm. ashwinder eggs show up in other things but uh it sounds like when they move out of the fire they bring with them coals you know coals for or embers or Mm -hmm. or, like like the uh whatever bits right they bring them out and they're still glowing hot red Mm -hmm. and that's it i guess if you just saw it from a muggle perspective and what would that look like well yeah i mean so that's hmm.
3: yeah it has to come from a magical fire so it makes sense, though. They are in Hogwarts Legacy. You oh, they are? You can find them mm-hmm, in Hogwarts Legacy. Wow. Yeah. They're like hot to... red glowing eggs that the play- player can find and nests across the game's enormous world map. So we got to explore Hogwarts Legacy. I love... I always want an excuse to play more. So sounds pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the teachers tell you, like, hey, if you see these things, freeze them. Here's a freezing. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to burn the castle down. True. Magical castle, though, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. All right, now yeah. That's cool. That was de- that was surprisingly, yeah, interesting. Surprisingly
3: interesting point.
2: <laughs> sometimes I'm not as interested in the Fantastic Beast. I what? hate to say it. I I know. Hey,
3: okay, we're we're working our way through it and once we have all covered, then we can uh...
2: No, I think it's actually great. I, it is it is good to learn, but there's some of them that I come across I'm like, "Okay, that one's yeah. dumb." <laughs> and I just want to say it, but I've never have, and so now you guys know that sometimes I think some of the Fantastic Beasts <clears throat> are just dumb.
3: It's like it's like mosquitoes. They're just dumb.
2: Yeah. Why? Yeah. Please, <laughs> Nature. Please why? stop. Please stop biting me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's dive into this awesome, amazing, mind-blowing chapter. I love this chapter.
2: Yeah. Let's, let's do go. it.
3: Oh, take it away, Ronnie.
2: <clears throat> chapter four, The Leaky Cauldron. Harry feels like the luckiest kid on earth. Two weeks in Diagon Alley where he can sleep in every day. Do his homework at Fortescue's Ice Cream Eating Free Sundays and explore the most peculiar and interesting shops the cobbled street has to offer. The young wizard has to practice a lot of self-control to not spend all of his money on the latest and fastest broomstick model on the market, the Firebolt. While Harry comes back every day to at least admire the Firebolt, he also starts shopping for necessary school supplies such as robes, books, and potion ingredients. At Flourish and Blotts, Harry discovers a book about death omens that gives him something to think about for a few days. The book cover shows a large black dog, which looks exactly like the dog that Harry had seen right before the night bus appeared. But eventually, Harry's Hogwarts friends arrive in Diagon Alley and take his mind off of the death omen. Ron and Hermione both just came back from their holidays in Egypt and France. Excited to be reunited, the three of them finish up the last bit of shopping together. Hermione wants to buy an owl, and Ron needs to get his rat scabbers checked over, so they make their way to the magical menagerie. The shop is full of colorful magical creatures in cages. Just when the witch behind the counter prescribes Scabbers a healing rat tonic, an enormous cat jumps down and starts hissing madly at Ron's little companion. Scabbers is scared for his life and escapes through the shop door into the crowded alleyway. Ron hurries after his rat and is relieved when he finds him under one of the waste paper bins outside the Quidditch store. He can't believe his eyes though when he turns around and sees Hermione walking out of the magical menagerie with the same giant cat that had just tried to attack Scabbers. He and Hermione keep bickering all the way back to the Leaky Cauldron. Inside, they meet the rest of the Weasley family. All of them are happy to see Harry alive and well, as the Wizarding World is still worried about Sirius Black being on the run. Harry, Hermione, and the Weasleys enjoy a last, marvelous meal together before the kids all head back to school the next morning. Ron forgets the rat tonic in the bar, and when Harry, whose trunk is already packed and ready, heads down to grab it, he accidentally overhears Mr. and Mrs. Weasley arguing. Arthur thinks it's best to tell Harry that Sirius is looking for him, and that he needs to be extra careful this year. But Molly doesn't want to burden or scare Harry for no reason. She believes he will be perfectly safe at Hogwarts with Dumbledore nearby. They come to no real conclusion but acknowledge that it's time for bed. Harry waits until Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are upstairs. Then he quickly grabs the rat tonic and drops it off in Ron and Percy's room. Back to his own room, he stops and thinks about what he just heard. It now all makes sense. He wasn't punished for blowing up Aunt Marge because the Ministry was just relieved to find him alive. Harry is surprised, however, that he doesn't feel more scared. He does feel safe at school and with Dumbledore around. And after all, the thing that bothers him the most is that his chances of visiting Hogsmeade now are starting to look like zero.
3: This is such a marvelous chapter. It just paints a beautiful picture. I could just spend so much time in the Wizarding World and just like Harry, watch the people go by, listen to their conversations, and eat all the ice cream (laughs) in the world and i thought this first opening sentence where it says harry was never allowed to get up whenever he wanted so if we think about it at the dursleys they wake him up to make breakfast we see that all the time right he's they make him do the housework they Mm -hmm. make him cook the food sometimes and he's not allowed to sleep in dudley probably is (laughs) and at hogwarts he has a schedule and even on the weekends, there's other kids in the room. So this is really, I think, the first time he's just in a room by himself. Yeah. No one to wake him up. That must be such a joy for oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he sa- Harry says it with the entire diagonal Alley right behind the Leaky Cauldron. He has no desire to go to muggle london i think i will feel different about it because i would love to just explore london too
2: yeah yeah. but i guess
3: like as a 13 year old and also he lives in that country he's been probably to london before i don't know if the dursley's ever took him he's just like no i don't want to go back to the muggles
2: right when he's been he's been told he can't so that's a condition he's like he he, he can't go but that's okay because he's more than happy to just be exploring and looking around diagonally and like you said waking up to the sounds of that Yes. You know, shop owners coming out and hanging up uh, their their goods and their uh, their stuff, right? I mean, it's cool.
3: Yes. And I want to read... Yas. Yas.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: I want to read this scene real quick to you guys. Harry ate breakfast each morning in the Leaky Cauldron, where he liked watching the other guests, funny little witches from the country, up for a day's shopping, venerable-looking wizards arguing over the latest article in Transfiguration Today, wild-looking warlocks, raucous dwarfs... And once, what looked suspiciously like a hag, who ordered a plate of raw liver from behind a thick woolen balaclava. And then he goes into Diagon Alley, and there's more. He overhears some conversations, such as a lunoscope old boy, no more messing around with moon charge, see? Or discussing the case of Sirius Black. Personally, I won't let any of the children out alone until he's back in Azkaban. So... Yeah, this is this is exactly why this is one of my favorite chapters because it invites me to dream about this place and I can almost smell the smells and hear the sounds and the people and their conversations and you know how some sometimes elderly people like to just sit there and watch the world go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many thirteen-year-olds do that? I think it's because Harry is finally in the wizarding. World somewhere outside of Hogwarts, somewhere yeah. alone, but he feels finally part of it. Right. Not just at school, but this is his world he belongs in that he longs for every single summer. He's kind of trapped at the Dursley's. Yeah. So yeah. this is just so beautiful to me.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's, he's hearing all the sights. Uh, he's hearing all the sights. Holy <laughs> smokes. He <laughs> is seeing all the sights, uh, hearing all the mm-hmm. sounds. And just enjoying himself there, and in, in truly immersed in the in the magic. Because he normally he goes once. He goes in there and he just has go in, get your things. We're on a rush, and then now we're yeah. we're headed off to to Hogwarts. Right, just one so, day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I think all of us when we when we th- actually you think about going to Orlando and going to Diagon Alley, boy, I wouldn't mind having a week just to kind of like the look luxury. around. Right, you even said today. Why haven't they come up with a stay above the Leaky Cauldron Cauldron, actually? Like really actually like rent a room at the Leaky Cauldron, build something back behind there and just stay. And I kind of agree with you. That'd be be awesome.
3: That would be so awesome because we caught ourselves. We (laughs) sprinted from the park entry to Diagon Alley just at all the people around us. No one, sorry to say this, but no one cared about the attractions on the way. Everyone was headed for the Harry Potter part
2: of the park. Right. Yeah. And it's
3: like... Okay, to get there it takes a long time and you're so excited and then you get through the passage there and you're in there and it's like you're actually in Diane Alley. Right. And I remember we sat down with our butterbeer on that bench yeah, and we just because yeah. it was you know it gets so hot in, in our in Florida. Oh, were we in Nocturne Alley? Or Nocturne were we? Alley is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's cool, but it's also the temperature is very cool. Yes, yes. And it's yeah. a perfect place to just sit down, relax for a second and just watch all these people enjoy themselves take pictures and try out their their um interactive wands.
2: yeah all the kids trying those yeah. out and then uh people buying different things putting on robes and it, it was ah, it's magical yeah it really did <laughs> really did enjoy it and i think that's when you think of what they tried to capture in that park it is really what harry yeah. is doing here in this very chapter right? absolutely Just coming and going sitting down getting as many ice creams as he wants i mean yes gosh. and
3: he can finally he can he doesn't have to do his homework at night. I mean, think about it. He probably didn't get a lot of sleep at the Dursleys because yeah. he was forced to do his homework and his book readings at night. Yeah, yeah. And now he can yeah. just sleep in, get some yummy breakfast, and then go right to the ice cream place and do his homework. Well, it's cool that it's mentioned. For Florian Fortescue, yeah, the owner of the shop, he keeps bringing him more Sundays, right? It says every half hour. And he helps him with his essays because he knows a little yeah. bit about... Um, Medieval witch hunting, witch,
2: witch hunting, and things like that. It's that so yeah. cool.
3: Who is this person? Who is Florian? Who is Florian? Forsky, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, can I just say real quick? It's mm-hmm. it's like you know, in real life, we go get a coffee every morning, and we see some yeah. people who are just and you, a hey, people out there listening, might be one of these people. Right. And if you are, let us know. But the people who are just brought their laptop, their homework, or their whatever to like an ice cream par- parlor parlor, mm-hmm. but instead of an ice cream parlor, it's Starbucks. Right. They're at Starbucks, they're just doing their work and we we you and I walk in every morning and we, we grab our coffee and we see them and I'm like, Who is that?
3: Yeah. Who is doing that? Doing? Who's living that life? Yeah. What's
2: their what's their job, their occupation? And then here and it could be a college a lot of times we see college students, mm-hmm. right? We were out um at a breakfast the other day and I saw two to three college students who had just popped over and they were spending their entire morning yeah. uh reading they had books out they're, they're they're doing their homework but they've got a coffee they've got a sweet snack and they're just there out enjoying the fresh air and right. stuff it was it was awesome and i thought yeah that's really cool and then when you see harry sitting here it makes you think of that like he's just mm-hmm. enjoying this time he is now doing his homework out in the open publicly uh, which is a weird thing to say i mean who who likes to do their homework but he had to hide <laughs> doing his homework right, yeah. with the dursleys over the summer so yeah i mean that's that's a memory. I think if you're Harry, you would think back, and this is going to be one of your fonder Yes. Memories. Remember the yeah. summer
3: of 19, I think, 92 or right. something?
2: Got got revenge Before. on Aunt Marge and then <laughs> just enjoyed the rest of the and, summer. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy.
3: But something I want to talk about, Harry also learns more about self-control. Mm. This boy has, We all need to. I mean, yes. <laughs> this boy, though, has always been denied things by his own I mean still it's only been two years since he entered the wizarding world since he has more self-control more sorry more control over his life and his decisions before that it's always been the Dursleys who act who who raised him who are basically like his parents and they told him probably no all the time until he stopped asking Yeah. Right. And I think it's now even more significant after most of your life you've been told no, or you they made you feel like you don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now not to say I deserve it all. I I have now the money and the power to buy everything. Yeah. And he still has that self control. So I say good job, Harry. We talked about the gobstones last week. So Harry wants to buy a set of solid gold gobstones. Wow. Made of solid gold. And especially with the new firebolt yeah presented in the window of the quidditch shop so that's a um, tough one to pass on that especially yeah for harry that's his passion right can right. you imagine something that is con- i mean let's say we had a podcasting shop in our town tough and there was the latest awesomest new microphones in the window yeah and you know you technically have the money but you also know you're saving for or you need the money in the future <laughs>
2: Yeah, that is, I mean, I, I I would say my my buddies know this and you know this <laughs> that uh whenever I I mean even if I already have it I go look to see do they have it on discount like yeah. I look at new podcasting <laughs> equipment technologies uh, audio interfaces I mean just buying a new SD card with more memory on it's great yeah like it's great it's uh, it is hard for me not to um go in there and buy the new newest and latest and best and just try it out you know yeah it's like but like carrie i remind myself hey no i spent i spent my money i got my well actually i think mcgonagall got him his nimbus 2000 right but yeah regardless uh he has something already that qualifies that's good that you you don't need that brand new thing and it was nice to see him uh show that sort of self-control because at
3: 13 years old
2: at 13 years old a lot of kids go from high school to college and they're paying for uh, use the food court for example we all go to the food court and in college they're like here is all of this food you can you pay one price you can eat as much as you want it's a buffet style thing (laughs) yeah terrible yeah you go in there and you're like well i'm getting the most out of this 450 i just Mm -hmm. paid for this uh, buffet meal and some people some people are probably like, that's a steal, four fifty. But I mean, <laughs> you go in there and you're like, why not have sixteen slices of pizza, mac and right. cheese,
3: yeah, that's a different potatoes, type of yeah. You
2: know what I'm saying? So but anyway, yeah, he goes and he's got the money he knows he has the money to go buy all these different mm-hmm. things, but uh he needs to hold off. Yeah. So good for I him. Think,
3: I think I'm pretty similar to Harry. I have pretty good self control when it comes to spending money and like yes, you asking yourself, do I really need this? Can I get the feeling that I hope I'm getting from this new product mm-hmm. somewhere else? Yeah. Or do I need to um, experience this feeling that this item gives me? <laughs> yeah. like, I yeah. really, really am good at um, evaluating. Mm-hmm. Do I need this? And sometimes I, re- I will sleep on s- stuff. And if yeah. I don't think about it in one week from now, I won't buy it. And it really has worked for me really well. And I have survived on a college budget for quite some time yes with the help of occasional help of my parents of course but still i would say i'm, pr- I'm pretty good with um with that yeah. i mean not my brother is even better he would not spend anything. he is the type of guy though who would save hit like not pay for anything if he doesn't have to mm-hmm. but if he does want something yeah. it will be the best best Where, quality
2: <laughs> yeah if you looked at, i mean if people saw me walking around they'd be like does ez not own more than two shirts <laughs> I mean, I just wear the same shirt, same pants all the time, but like I, I, because I want to spend my money on the podcasting equipment or I want to spend it on software and things that I think are fun and cool. That's where yeah. my sort of passion is. And then once you get what you, what you got, you get your use out of it and you have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, And you maintain it. That's the other thing too, is maintaining your stuff and, and really, um, right. Yeah. Saving it. So we went to a store today, actually, that they had a bunch of, um, old, older and not antique but like retro style things yes that that was was, really cool that was
3: great that was the first time we actually discovered that store and it's right in our hometown so um, yeah it's like
2: nick and melvin's collectibles which when you say nick and melvin's collectibles it made me think of some of how the how the names of the like you use your the people whoever the owners are Mm -hmm. of the shop like the ice cream parlor right the guy uses his name or family name or olivander's right it's the family name. Uh, so i love when people sort of use their name mm-hmm. in, in their their store
3: so. and it was really cool and the only reason why i stopped and pointed out to you was because they had a charmander bulbasaur and squirtle in like halloween yeah. forms on right. the window and i was like what is this and you had to go downstairs and buy some comic like, books yeah in the basement and it's really cool
2: yeah old old collectibles and different things but not, i brought that up because of preserving your stuff and saving things that are that are really good. Those are just old items that are kind mm-hmm. of retro that are still really, really, really neat. So Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: Yeah, and it's, I mean, self control is a very sensitive topic and and everyone has their thing. If you're good with money, maybe, you know, I have probably room for improvement when it comes to sweets. So Same. <laughs> such yeah. a sweet. Goodness. But that's okay. Like we uh we always try our best. And I just wanted to point out that Harry is a special case where I think it's even as a 13 year old boy and he's been denied so many things in his childhood that it's, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just significant, very, very significant that he um, has this amount of self control around money. Yeah. it's great. Uh, But he does buy actual school supplies. And when he goes to flourish and blutz, so he gets his new school books. The owner is so thankful that he doesn't need the monster book of monsters anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And he stumbles upon, Death omens. What to do when you know the worst is coming?
2: Right. He's he's walking up to get unfogging the future or right, something or, like that. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then he sees the death omen book, and I forgot all about that. That he mm-hmm. actually sees that book, and that's another depiction of the grim. The grim, a large
3: black dog, which of course, and yeah, reminds him of the dog he's seen a little whinging. And our question is, which we probably will discuss in a short or some form of other content. Why did Sirius decide to make his animagus a death omen? We talked about it and I was like, which which comes first? Does the death omen come first and then Sirius was like, yeah, that's kind of cool and you know how teenagers are. They think it's cool and I'm I'm going to be that black dog death omen thing, the, mm-hmm. the grim. Mm-hmm. Um or did he just become this animagus and then people who saw him something happened to them? And they thought it was a death omen.
2: Okay. You just brought up a really interesting point, and I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, this is something really kind of technical. Yeah. But I don't, I just, I guess I want to point it out because mm-hmm. there's probably folks in there going, like, hold on a second. Can, because as soon as you said, why did he pick his, this to be his Animagus form, I thought, no, I've never thought about it. Did he actually pick this to be his Animagus form? Mm-hmm. And can you do that? Is I always it,
3: thought this is something you pick. Yeah. That
2: you pick. And it looks, I just went to wizardingworld.com. Uh, and from what i'm seeing here that I, I think i think it's more based on your personality
3: oh so it's more like the patronus i think you so. know a patronus you don't yeah pick-
2: so right here you cannot choose your animagus oh. animal um wow. if we could choose our animagus you can rest assured we'd all be lions uh <laughs> Uh, adorable puppies or magnificent eagles but realistically an animagus is closely linked to your personality for example the brave and rebellious james potter is famously a stag whereas uh rita skeeter is a beetle and if you think about uh peter pettigrew is a rat and what does he do he rats out right he rats out uh james and lily he he, he tells on them he's a little tattletale right he runs scurries back to Voldemort and tells him what's up so that's crazy and i think it's even actually it actually backs up your idea more on serious black because all of the people in his family and in or around him experience death he has lost everyone yeah. around him one of the reasons he stays and we're gonna talk about this later right mm-hmm. is one of the reasons he stays in azkaban is because he's got nothing really left to live for right um he doesn't find a purpose for for going on his best friend is gone uh his his other friends probably don't believe well remus anyways i mean peter has betrayed him uh, he's left his family. He didn't really have any good family ties or connections, and those mm-hmm. who he did know about were—they died. That like that his has kind of household dies out. Right. So
3: you are right, and this is blowing my mind right now because I thought you would p- you pick your animagus form, yeah, but you don't, and it makes sense. So it's more like your patronus, and sometimes they're even the same. But this is on WizardingWorld.com, so this is legit. Uh, that it says. You cannot choose your animagus animal, mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. said. And get this: this is one of the other fun facts about animagi. Uh, in North America, animagi were sometimes known as skinwalkers. I just saw that.
2: Gimme <laughs> Christmas.
3: So Native American animagi seem to have been closely linked to the legend of the skinwalkers, right. The myth told of evil witches or wizards that could transform into animals and gain their powers through the sacrifice of a family member. This damaging rumor was often perpetuated by fearful nomad medicine men.
2: <laughs> wow. Wah. Skinwalkers. Yeah. crazy um so yeah you uh, let's see you do not adopt the lifespan of the animal mm-hmm. you become so that, that makes was sense. in this chapter we find that when ron goes he's worried about scabbers yep and he takes him into the menagerie and and it looks he's a very old rat he's 12 12 years right that he's yeah. that they've had him so that would be a long lifespan for a, a rat. rat it yeah. should have died well before this so it does you don't yeah mm-hmm. it's not like reversing like if you if you transform, you're gonna lose. Right. Thank goodness. Years yeah. on your life or something. So yeah, thank goodness.
3: <laughs> it still doesn't really right. answer for me the question: which one was first? So was Sirius the one that set the example for a death omen, and people think he is a death omen, or did he pick it because it? Uh, no, he didn't pick it. But uh, did he become a death omen because he is a death omen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He yeah. could have. He didn't choose it, but he became the Grim. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It just seems like the Grim, as we find out later this book I mean you look at this book already with death with the death omen on it Mm -hmm. and when was that I mean is it is it just based upon last 12 I mean
3: yeah that's the question Mm -hmm.
2: yeah but I feel like the legend and lore is much older yeah than Sirius himself yeah Yeah, so it's it's sort of like he embodied it the final question here on this article though is Minerva McGonagall was taught by Albus Dumbledore on how to become uh and and Animagus um (gasps) so does that mean that Dumbledore was an Anime Animagai or Animagi or whatever. Animagus. Animagus, yes. It's a typo, yeah. Oh, it is a typo? Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, okay. So, yeah. Was
3: Did Elbis... That is a short for sure. Was yeah. Elbis Dumbledore an Animagus? And which... Would he be? What would he be? A phoenix?
2: Why not? Yeah, what is he... I guess if you look at his personality... I mean, would he be a wise old turtle? You know? Would he be... <laughs> Cause there's that. Remember, I said yeah. that if I could pick any, if I could pick any um, animal to take with me to Hogwarts or, or creature, it was that jewel. I mean, probably wouldn't have the <laughs> yeah the jewel the, the, the tortoise the turtle. I yeah I, I would not have had him. I would have said I don't know. The, the jewels are kind of outlandish. That's a little that's a little much. I probably would have got a turtle that was plain and normal. Yeah, but this one had jewels all over its shell. Which whatever, teach their own.
3: Right, I mean, so there was a theory out there that he's the giant squid in the lake.
2: <laughs> Who Dumbledore? Dumbledore? What? Are you serious?
3: I think there is a theory. Was D- Elvis Dumbledore the giant? No squid?
2: way. <laughs> huh. I was just thinking about like if he were, um, if his if his animal form allowed him to travel more and to go. Discreetly undercover, kind of like Rita Skeeters, right? That like you're able to eavesdrop and listen in on things. Yeah. Is that how he knew so much and we didn't realize it? You know, so. Theory states that
3: Dumbledore is a possible un- unregistered on which happens to be the Giant Squad. That's lake. nuts. <laughs> that is. It's on Reddit, so you can look it up if you want. Okay.
2: To. I will All in right. the future. Um, anyway, there you go. A little uh, deep dive. But that's just because you were talking about.
3: the Death Omen book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and whether or not. Um, do we actually become? Can we pick or choose our animagus form? Yeah. So.
3: Okay. Yeah. So Harry leaves the bookshop, and the next couple of days he starts looking for his friends. And more and more Hogwarts students arrive at Diagon Alley, and then finally he finds them on the last day before school. Hermione and Ron eat ice cream together, and I think it's so cute. Yeah. And you know, you know, Stephanie Meyer. The Twilight author yeah, wrote yeah, yeah. the entire first book from Edward's perspective, mm-hmm. and I know fans of Harry Potter have been dying to see more. Like, there's many perspectives we would love to see the entire series written through their eyes. Yeah, like yeah. you know Dumbledore or um, even like you know a dark Tom Riddle Voldemort series or something. Any like of that. them, but, yeah. I want Ron's perspective, and yeah. I want to see all the times he just hangs out with Hermione alone yes. that we don't get because we follow Harry all the time. Right, and right. his point of view in general would, would would just be so interesting. Yeah, can you tell us more about Ron's new wand?
2: Uh, yes, that was kind of cool. I mean, I, I've always wondered too when characters get a new wand like that, do they? Is, there, is their spell work a little bit better because the wand chooses the wizard?
3: Absolutely, and, yes.
2: Right, I think I said with Neville yeah. at one point. So yes. I feel like Ron just got a major upgrade here. And this is a, a new wand that has willow. Uh, it's made from willow wood. It has unicorn hair, and it's 14 inches. So interestingly, with the unicorn hair, we'll just read this from uh, some of the things that are listed in the, in the wiki. Wands with these cores produce the most consistent magic were least subject to fluctuations and blockages, were most difficult to turn to the dark arts, and were the most faithful of wands. However, they did not make the most powerful of wands unless the wand would compensated and were prone to melancholy if mishandled. So that's cool. I think you and I both have unicorn hair. We do,
3: and 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 the length is pretty... I mean, mine is 14 and a half inches. His is 14. We only have different wood different wood wood, now similar to what's your what's
2: yours is redwood right redwood yes correct so his is willow wood and Mm -hmm. it it seems like a lot of people are attracted to willow wood i mean it sounds Mm -hmm. really cool it's It's pretty pretty yeah Mm -hmm. so and when they when they choose that wand it it seems like it's actually more prone to pick someone who has maybe some confidence issues or whatever so let me Mm -hmm. read this so willow is an uncommon wand wood with healing power Ollivander noted that the ideal owner for a willow wand often has some unusually unwarranted insecurity Mm -hmm. however well they may try to hide it so you think about Ron's insecurities with his family and do they have money secondhand robes yeah Harry is his best
3: friend he's always you know Harry's side right yeah
2: the locket affects him the most right because he doesn't feel uh as as worthy or 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 whatever he feels Mm -hmm. like the least of the three sort of uh right which is crazy So yeah, while many uh, confident customers insist on trying a willow wand uh, attracted by their handsome appearance and well-founded reputation for enabling advanced and non-verbal magic, uh, my willow wands have consistently selected those of greatest potential rather than those who feel they have little to learn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's
3: cool. So you're more humble, like Ron.
2: Yeah, it has always been a proverb in my family that he who has furthest to travel will go fastest that's with so cool. willow
3: i love that i love that this is ron's yeah wand wood
2: that makes a lot so of sense. fitting yeah. and
3: he is i mean he becomes such a strong wizard in his own his own right
2: <laughs> right right yeah so that's cool that he's going to be picking up that new new wand and and uh, or that he has he already done it did he already pick i think he mm-hmm. in the chapter he already yes. picked yes yeah yeah so, yeah, really cool. I mean, when we start, when we first see them, I wanted to point out that I, one of the reasons I love Ron so much is he is instantly laughing about Aunt March, And yeah. aren't we all a little bit, you know? Yeah. Did you really? He and thinks so, it's cool. <laughs> it's hilarious. You blew up your aunt. I mean, he knows that like that's. Yeah. They're not I mean,
3: treating Harry well, so they deserve, he knows that they deserve yes, it. Yes.
2: Yes. It's not just like this was just anyone who, right. you know. Cause it's not
3: I, like a Malfoy who blew up an innocent little first grader.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So this this person, he full well knows that they probably yeah. deserved a little bit, but at the same time this can all be rectified and <laughs> yeah. and they went in and uh charmed everyone and memories were modified and we're all good, right? Right. Uh no but harm I, I done. yeah, I do think and then her mind uh, come seriously, honestly, Ronald, <laughs> right? Like this yeah. is not something to to laugh about, but he can't help himself. yeah And I'm kind of with him. It it, it is funny. Uh, they do reflect a little bit on on their their journeys, each of them, mm-hmm. right? Kind of going to France and then going to Egypt. Uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. Yes. He notes that Scabbers has has uh, hasn't done well in he Egypt. Did, he yeah, he thinks well.
3: he thinks it's just the traveling that didn't go well or didn't agree with Scabbers. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we know it's actually because Scabbers, aka Peter, learned that Sirius broke out of Azkaban.
2: Right, and we have some more. I guess that we're going to do this in a follow up. Here, we're going to talk more about. The connection to the way scabbers reacts here in egypt versus like the like the timing of all of this you know when did sirius learn about scabbers and him being in egypt and then when did they in egypt get news yeah right that black has been uh broken rel- out bro- has broken yeah. out right so what happens first is black is going to uh-huh. see that article and then while they're traveling within days i mean that's gonna make international oh yeah international like news. that he,
3: yeah the next day probably he broke out
2: right and then that the next day then scabbers is really sort of starting to
3: lose weight and look starting to freak out yeah. yeah like
2: oh shoot <laughs> he's coming for me you know oh, i mean he
3: knows it yeah
2: he knows it absolutely so just crazy uh i think though it's, it's so it's neat that you think hermione is about to go in and get an owl because everyone gets owls yeah and i love that because I, I wondered about this when you go to the magical menagerie what kind of creatures can you take and at first i thought oh yeah it kind of has to be an owl or a toad because we or see a those cat.
3: you can take a cat or yeah.
2: a cat but mm-hmm. then you were like well hold on a second scabbert you can bring a rat
3: right uh, obviously okay yeah. so you can
2: bring a rat so then you can definitely bring this half-neasle cat uh <laughs> situate uh, crookshanks so why couldn't i bring that tortoise
3: the jewel encrusted tortoise yeah absolutely could I?
2: I mean yes. could, could i actually have brought like a Head, a turtle.
3: Head cannon, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just, I would have, I love turtles. I mean, I love Master Ugwe. Kind of cool. You know how yes. I am about Kung Fu Panda, right? He has some of the Do cra- you
3: think that would be your Animagus form? Oh, a turtle?
2: oh, my gosh. That's a, we should talk about that.
3: Everyone talks yeah. about their Patronus. Right. No one talks about their Animagus form.
2: Huh. What <laughs> would I be? Because my Patronus is an Irish wolfhound. That is cool. Which is, which is cool. Yeah. kind of close to my... I have a mare. Yeah. Yeah, you do. A horse. (laughs) Right. What would I be as an animagus? I don't know. That's not weird to think about. Would I be a dog?
3: Yeah. That's something that you become. It's not just your companion patronus, but But you become that animal. I wonder
2: what people think, actually. Send me a message, like my personality, what that would... That
3: calls for a poll.
2: Yeah. What that would be like. And we can maybe narrow it down if you guys give us a few options uh someone's gonna be like a camel i mean gee many christmas (laughs) what What? come on now don't do don't do that to me but i mean what Um, would you be a sloth i mean maybe you kind
3: of hope you would be an animal that doesn't need a certain terrain to survive you know what if you become a dolphin
2: right yeah or like you said a squid you said it like a giant squid thing (laughs) poor dumbledore has gotta like just (gasps) crawl himself in there
3: maybe you would become an owl that'd be cool
2: That'd be awesome. I do love owls and I love turtles that kind of represent symbolically wisdom and things like that. Not that I just think he's wise. I actually just like those characters, okay? Yeah. Uh, I just think they're really really cool. Oh, thank you. No, I I think you are a very wise person. That's really kind of you. I'm also kind of silly, though. So, you know, being silly. But yeah, we'll do that. We'll do like a poll or something and we'll kind of figure out uh, what's going on there. Now, when we're in the magical menagerie, there's an interesting Mm -hmm. bit where the rats, as we look at them, they are, well, and this this comes up later, but Peter Pettigrew, being a rat, can communicate with other rats. We find this out yeah. later in the series. So you've got a couple rats here on the side, and they're skipping. They're doing different things with their tails. They're they're, they're playing, rope skipping, rope skipping, jumping with rope,
3: their pale, uh, tail,
2: with their pale tails. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think it's asking. I don't know if you put this in the notes here or not, but I think that yeah. What okay? Why does the witch ask what powers Scabbers has? Because these creatures yeah. have some powers, right? Yes, possibly because they're magical. I mean, they're are they magic? Yeah. I mean, see,
3: we're back to the old discussion: Are owls in the wizarding world the same kind of owls we have in the muggle world, or are they different? Because they know yeah. somehow how to get to the person addressed on the envelope.
2: Right. It's like so in, in the the creatures that the, the magical world would hide from us are like dragons. Right. Right. Um, the zoo woo we were talking about in the last mm-hmm. episode, the crazy thing that can, it's in the fantastic B series. That's yeah. like nuts. Uh, and people saw it and they'd, they'd freak out the thunderbird, all, all those crazy creatures that, uh, maybe cause a lot of, I don't know, issues or problems or people would desire and would seek and try to either, unfortunately would either try to kill or, or mm-hmm. harvest in some way and, mm-hmm. and use and capture. Uh, they want to protect those, those creatures, but like the owl could be an owl in both worlds, and in the exactly. muggle world, it's just magical. Yeah. It is a magical creature that also right, resides in the muggle world. Theory. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Just like humans, there is magical genes and there is muggle genes. Yeah. Owls, rats, it, all kind of animals. Yeah. My theory would Cats? be they just have the magical gene just like humans or not.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Does that make more sense?
2: I guess so because, like, these rats are doing, like, it, I guess you could call it a trick. But uh, it, we're asked, like, what powers the scabbers have? Mm-hmm. So in, implying that the other rats have powers too. Maybe. maybe not that all rats have powers. Yeah. Right. Where I was, I was saying maybe all owls have a magical aspect to them, but maybe not. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you're right that they. I
3: mean.
2: That they don't. I mean, I think. I think. I think animals. Um, are all mad i think they are magical quite you, you honestly. think they're all magical i just mean in our ge- like, like stepping back from the series and looking at the real world around us I think oh they are the they're animal so, kingdom yeah. is magical 100
3: percent. i always am amazed at how birds can travel so accurately know where they need to go when they travel to escape the winter they mm-hmm. go south yeah yep that is w- absolutely wild to me and if you study bees i don't want to start on
2: bees they're magical the, they're healing absolutely magical they oh my
3: they say they have the frequency, the vibrations of their hummings or buzzing or whatever yeah. they has healing potential healing powers, and the way that bees communicate they have a specific dance it's dark in the beehive, so when the worker bees they go out and they explore and they they find where flowers are mm-hmm. a lot of flowers. Yeah. And they communicate, apparently, the location of that field to the rest of the beehive how? by dancing. They but do how? a dance and everyone does the same dance. Somehow in that dance, the way to that location is encoded. And what? then they can all fly there. It is, like you said, it's magical. Magical.
2: <laughs> That's absolutely magical. Yeah. Okay. Well, OK, uh, to kind of finish up that magical menagerie, mm-hmm. uh, the, the big thing there is the crookshanks. Yes, crookshanks showing up is, is wonderful. As we have come across a crookshanks the last couple of days, by the way. We, we have. saw crookshanks
3: twice. Holy the smokes! Same, every morning we have a long drive to work. Yeah. Every morning there's na- different neighborhoods, and in that neighborhood, I mean, we leave identical. the same at the same time every morning. Yep. So that means the cat was there at the same location, the same time, two mornings in a row. Two mornings in a row. Yeah. And I think he it exactly looks like crookshanks. Red, exactly. Like, squishy-faced, yeah. a lot of fur. Orange, yeah. Big. Yep,
2: yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hard to miss. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's Crookshanks right there. Yeah, that was so, awesome. Yeah, he, he, so he jumps down first on Ron, pounces, tries to get scabbers. And the question people have, the big theory has always been, is that Lily Potter's cat, right? In the Ooh. fandom, that's been the big question. Because Crookshanks right away uh, jumps. There are other rats.
3: Almost like recognizes with.
2: See, there are other rats right nearby, and it's yes. not attacking those rats. It's attacking this rat. Why, in particular, this rat? And
3: some people have said Sirius, okay, the Grim, like Sirius mm-hmm. and Omega's form teams up with with Crookshanks and tells him, but it can't be because Sirius did not go to the magical menagerie.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and, I and tell later- Crookshanks. No, Crookshanks knows. It just knows. They both know independently. That is worth
3: a serious discussion. That's
2: worth a serious discussion. Is that what you are about to say? Yeah. A serious, serious discussion. Uh, Yeah, Crookshanks jumps down and attacks Scabbers, and it's because if they were out and about, I mean, imagine like James and who knows, maybe Lily has had that cat for a while. And -hmm. before they're married and have Harry... They're courting one another, and that could have been the cat that she took to Hogwarts at some point or whatever. Yeah, you know, could could be a cat that's that's that old, mm-hmm. and uh, then has seen all of them in their different animagus form. Now that would be a long time. This would be an old cat for sure. So sort of like yeah. doing the math, going like, whoa, Ez, that's old. But needles
3: might get older than cats.
2: Half neasle half neasle cat. So I feel like this very well could be her cat. I don't know if that's ever been confirmed anywhere or not, but I loved when that first came up because it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, it was just really cool to see that this cat was going after scappers and teamed up with new there. Cause they're both, they're both in their animagus form. So it's not just that, like, this was an unnatural rat. Yeah. Right. I mean, Crookshanks knew this was a bad rat. Yeah. And there were other rats nearby that it didn't attack. It attacks right, the scabbers right. for a reason, and so then when it comes across another Animagus, Sirius Black, as a as a crazy dog, and cats and dogs don't always get along. Here is this cat getting along with this dog, no problem, which is nuts. So it knew. I mean, I mean, seriously, this 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 cat was around during that time. Probably fought. No, I Craig shanes probably fought Voldemort, if you think about it. Yes, go ahead.
3: Uh, something that further could. Confirm this theory. Mm-hmm. So, when you look up measles, and we know that the Newt family, uh, sorry, the Scamander family, yeah. had a couple of measles and they bred measles. So, it says there is a behind the scenes, while their exact life expectancy is never stated, it is known that Hoppy, Millie, and Mahler have lived with Newt and Tina from at least 1991 to 2017, at least 26 years, an age that would be considered very old if reached by a non medical cat. There
2: you, there you go go okay yeah that makes that's cool that's cool <laughs> now I want your thoughts though because I know you were wanting to drive that that point home uh to to friends but did Crookshanks fight Lord Voldemort yes or no <laughs> did he ta- did maybe did not he directly. jump him? I think he jumped on him I think he flat out jumped on Voldemort's face and scratched him up
3: wait wait, wait you mean in the Potter cottage
2: yeah Godric's oh. Godric's Hollow I think Crookshanks went after Voldemort one-on-one
3: nay yay the text have no
2: it. yay no i think he does i think he just swats that cat off and he's in the middle of a fight with james potter mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean although potter left his wand downstairs but i feel like you know boom and he just chucks the cat downstairs and he goes on upstairs or whatever i'm telling you right now i'm telling you right why now why
3: wouldn't Voldemort then have killed kill he the doesn't cat? care about cats and no but things. i mean what he just no, wants he's, it out of
2: way it just jumps out of nowhere this cat is stealthy it jumps out of nowhere and then what? attacks him and then he just throws it off of his face and here's james on. here's james running down the stairs okay and then boom avada kadavra on james forgets the cat is on his way up okay. because now now the he's he's uncloaked if you will yeah right he's there attacking he now knows he got into the house they have evaded him three times all right and and there's no chance for him to walk back down the stairs and kill crookshank's later because the rebounding Avada Kedavra curse yeah. that takes his body he's gone crookshank's witnessed the whole thing
3: <laughs> probably
2: i'm telling you right now think about this from that cat's perspective that is a hero of a cat
3: <laughs> does Crookshanks, then how can if, you if not is, how can you not as, no, wait, as, wait. A
2: can, as as a cat lover not love this idea I that love Crookshanks it. would jump no, no, out no. and yes yeah, so i just
3: on. yeah no way i think it's cool I just I think if that theory was to be true, I think Crookshanks, there would be more hints that Crookshanks really likes Harry, is fond of Harry. Yeah, maybe we'll get some hints now that we if we read Harry's only one.
2: But. This this cat, though, is very particular. Mm-hmm. You notice how, how like it does if you maybe it
3: only does well with females
2: and it holds grudges a little bit, too. Like if you if you, it sits on your lap and you get up and move and it like kind of later on, I read this like mm-hmm. in the series, every time Crookshanks is sort of like shoot off of somebody's lap. Crookshanks doesn't forget that he knows whose lap he was welcome on. <laughs>
3: you think little baby Harry just pulled his hair? And Absolutely, stuff's...
2: he's a baby, and Crookshanks yeah. is an old cat. Going, oh, uh, uh-uh. come on, no, you know what cats are; their mm-hmm. attitudes. So this cat, literally, <laughs> Harry's brand new, and re- remember the broom, the toy broom, almost yeah. killed the cat. That's where this all comes from.
3: Oh, you think that was Crookshanks? Yeah. So and now so, that he doesn't. He doesn't really like Harry that literally, much.
2: Literally, he almost, almost takes one of Crookshanks's nine lives. They don't say Crookshanks, they just say one of, you know, it was Lily's cat. Okay, 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 okay.
3: One more thing about the theory. All right. Theory. Okay. (laughs) Um, Why does Sirius, so Sirius in his animagus form can communicate with Crookshanks? Mm -hmm. We learn that later on. Why doesn't he then tell, why does Crookshanks not tell Sirius, hey, I was Lily Potter's and Harry Potter's and James Potter's cat? And then Sirius could have told Harry, hey, this is Lily's cat. Wouldn't that be significant? Something that he would want Harry to know? Yeah, maybe he
2: forgot. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he wasn't whatever, Maybe Crookshanks you
3: know? didn't tell him on purpose. I yeah. yeah. Maybe but that's something to think about. Yeah. Oh. But I like the theory. I
2: cannot believe you're not on board trying to root this I'm just this trying on. to
3: think through this whole theory and, and see if it makes sense. Unreal. I want to know <laughs> what people think
2: out there. Did Crookshanks 1v1 one, one Voldemort? Because I think he did. Okay. And I love it. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, so as we as we move out of there, we kind of get back into the Leaky Cauldron. We're seeing all the friends and family there. Um, there is this discussion. I don't know where this happens, um, but it, and I noticed it too when we were listening to the chapter. Mm-hmm. They never say Dementors,
3: right? Until, when, when talking
2: yeah. about until the very next chapter, the yeah. chapter is titled after this Dementors or the Dement, whatever. Right. I mean,
3: yeah, it's just, she just wants to save the name for,
2: yeah, the Azkaban guards. Yeah. yeah. They're not described. We're sort of like one, we're thinking Wondering. in our mind, yeah. what are they? Are they special wizards? Are they mm-hmm. evil wizards? Yeah, you, they... think, you probably
3: think they are wizards until,
2: yeah, and it's next not chapter. until the next chapter we find out exactly what they are. So, and <laughs> they are scary nasty because the way they're described is just like you wouldn't want to be around them Dumbledore is is sort of um has has allowed them to take a post around Hogwarts yeah uh Fudge has gone there they've spoken to Fudge which we don't really I mean you look at the film adaptation of Dementors we wouldn't think that they could speak a whole lot really mm-hmm. and they'd be talking to Cornelius Fudge when he shows up to Azkaban but yeah. sure as heck they do so kind of crazy now one of the things I don't I don't like about fred and george is they they go too far
3: they do actually I and agree. this
2: is the chapter where i think they really have gone too far and it's the mocking of percy weasley
3: i want to change the word mocking to bullying i don't i i, I think they're yeah, they're actually bullying percy and it's not okay
2: no what i don't know it's sort of um and i, I know people are not going to like this but i guess from a teacher's perspective if i saw kids behaving this way towards another yeah like, no mo- yeah mocking him Taking is... We wouldn't we wouldn't tolerate that. No, absolutely not. Not, not. whatsoever. Now, I get inside of your household and, you know, kids and siblings, fighting and picking yeah. siblings and all that kind of sibling, sibling rivalries. I've... I have... We, we've all... If you have siblings, you know what we're talking absolutely. about here and everyone, everyone gets it. But um, when those siblings come to school, though, absolutely not. There's no... I don't care whether you are siblings or not. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I actually had a set of twins one year who were bickering like crazy and they mm-hmm. thought it was fine. They thought it was fine that they could... That they could do this and and sort of um, beat up on each other a little bit, kind of got physical because yeah. they were siblings. No, 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 no. There is no tolerate, no fighting allowed. Zero tolerance in schools. So just because you happen to be living in the same house uh, doesn't mean that we're going to tolerate it. So no, yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. But I th- they go on to take his uh, head boy badge and they. They they mess it up and they they're coming in and they're pretending. Now the first bit you could kind of get away with th- them mocking the way he he talks or whatever yeah. for a little bit, like That's they're cool. being yeah. playful and this and that. But th- it, when you add up all the things that they've done,
3: it, it never stops. It yeah. never stops,
2: and it just kind of continues on and on. And it comes from a complex of they. It, it, part of it can go down to Mrs. Weasley too, and mm-hmm. what what she's yeah. the way she kind of scolds. She does scold them, um, but then there's this mark that she's set that everyone has to hit that they don't want to hit and they feel inferior to their brothers. They try to make their own way. So it's a, it's complicated, but I just feel like they, and again, they're kids, they're teenagers. Right. So they definitely just go too far with their brother, Mm -hmm. Percy. And it, uh, you know, that's
3: Percy gives them plenty of reason. Like he is a little different and, and very, uh, a little arrogant probably. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Like that. He does
2: want to command their respect a little bit. That's something he yeah. is trying, he himself is trying to find his own worth in the fact that he is a prefect and then he's a uh, head boy and he's he's doing well at school and wanting to go into the ministry. And yep. he thinks that should be something that they look up to, like he looked up mm-hmm. to his older brothers, why aren't they looking up to me? Right. And they're just yeah. not, it's just, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a little much for me. Um, Actually, when Harry comes across, when he sees them with the with the badge, he's still thinking about what, Arthur and Molly had just just talked about and he fakes a laugh if you hear that he Mm -hmm. fakes a laugh now is that because of the information you hear with with Molly and Arthur or is he really sort of like all right guys yeah come on yeah it's kind of dumb you know
3: we get it you you think it's funny but yeah you're you're taking it too far
2: you're just you're you're going out of your way to pick on him it's not like it just happened in the moment you look you plot that out take his badge change it's just too much but whatevs uh, let's get to Molly and Arthur's argument, though. So you have the question here. Are you team Molly or team Arthur? And just for context, again, the the, the idea here, as we said in the summary, is like, do we tell Harry or do we not? Yeah. I mean, do and thankfully, thankfully, he overhears it. So he does he does understand that his life is in um, mm-hmm. is in danger and that Sirius Black may be coming to get him. The perception here is that he's realized Harry is at Hogwarts and he's been obsessing over uh, taking out Harry. To avenge his master, all that different stuff, but yeah, should we have told him or should we not? What do you What do you think? You, you want me to go first? Yeah, okay. I want you, you frame the question. Who Who are you siding with?
3: I think Arthur Arthur is a very smart, very reasonable wizard. I love him. I think for a lot of things he does right and and has good opinions. Mm-hmm. But I do think Molly's got a point. Why tell him? Albus Dumbledore's there he already knows he needs to be careful because of black. Everyone needs to be careful. Mm -hmm. Why tell him? Why make his life more... And her argument is Harry would be scared. It's just something, yeah, you think about. You go to school and you don't... Sometimes you don't want to know stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then you keep thinking about it and you can't really focus or have a good time. And I think as long... I don't 100% agree with her arguments like she very unMolly like is when she says something like well he's not dead so what's the point why don't we tell him right it almost like yeah, yeah he's uh, he survived so far
2: since he survived well, uh, there's no
3: reason or need to tell him now right. that's so not Molly like I feel
2: she's like, grasping yeah. at that she's grasping for straws trying to <laughs> trying to win this argument a little bit and say well he he, he did survive so we're good now he's on his way to Hogwarts well what if what if this you know I mean long term if Sirius stays out there at what point do you tell him the whole story when do you when does he uh earn the right I guess to know I mean he I think he has the right to know that's me personally so I'm kind of team Arthur like I think he has the right to know this um and then you yeah you you balance it and i get it though i get wanting to preserve his happiness and yeah
3: i guess molly hopes that they are going to catch him in a few days
2: yeah 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 for sure she probably thinks it's all good we've we've got past that point he's going yeah. to hogwarts surely they're going to catch mm-hmm. him at some, very soon and
3: surely he's not going to be able to make it to hogwarts that's what she's thinking exactly yeah. once he
2: gets there he's good he's yeah. safe so yeah and arthur is just sort of like uh i don't know right we're not he does say if anybody's going to do it, if anybody is going to catch him, because Ron, he's like, like there's this bit where um, I think he kind of says something. Doesn't he say something to Ron when they start talking about Sirius Black about it's not going to be a 13 year old.
3: Yeah, someone that, does. That,
2: that catches yeah. uh, Sirius Black, but it's going to be the, the prison guards.
3: Right. Right.
2: Of, of right. The, the Azkaban guards. They're mm-hmm. going to be the ones who he would put his money on to catch Black. So he also kind of believes that as well. But yeah, they haven't been able to. All of them had to have had to drop their duties and he is they're they're all being reassigned to look for Sirius Black. Number yeah. one concern, go find him, go get him and uh, it's wild. It, it is actually wild when you think about the whole story here and that it's Peter Pettigrew who did all this, who who I yeah. mean created some sort of curse or blast that killed that many muggles. Yeah. You know, when we do our how powerful series, we've been kind of debating like was that just a building that collapsed with people inside? and that's what I it was some on blast street. or
3: i think they're on the street okay
2: or was it actually some some magical spell that he did that's super powerful that kills 13 people i you know i don't know yeah that's, 12 i that's i made 12. the
3: mistake and last time said 12 but they only say Sirius killed 13 because they count peter Pettigrew. oh yeah obviously right. peter Pettigrew didn't kill himself so yeah he killed yeah. 12 people
2: yep so um yeah anyway so that's i don't know i'm kind yeah, of i'm kind of okay. team t- team arthur a little bit but mm-hmm. uh, lottie is uh is team molly and i get both both perspectives same yeah, the yeah. reason they have a debate and an argument because they are kind of that
3: yeah.
2: they are kind of that mother father figure for him they are trying to figure they out are. what what yeah. to do and they think about him in that light and i love it because there's jenny it's very touching yeah there's jenny coming into the you know to, that their, their future this is their future son-in-law it is and, and they it, always
3: I mean, saw him as, always him as a son i know as a son
2: i know i
3: yeah
2: i love the weasleys so much yeah so much i i love thinking about them in the borough and i love when jenny come, i am a huge jenny fan yeah. i don't know if i've have i said that before yeah i keep saying it. okay <laughs> i love jenny and i even love jim like jenny in the films i wish there were more but i and i look forward to that in the tv show being more jenny weasley uh because i think she's one of the strongest parts of the series yeah and people might not like that but it's it's sort of it's there, kind of obvious in the beginning and then Mm -hmm. Cho and other characters show up and jenny starts to do her own thing and and we we move away from what was obvious yeah and we even bring in a closeness with hermione and suggestion from dumbledore that you're like you forget the obvious thing that was put in front of you at at the beginning of the story yeah and then here comes there's jenny weasley so i just love it sorry yeah and we're
3: going to talk about more um next chapter uh, we have some more about Ginny and, and the Dementors and everything. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and can't wait to see more of Ginny's true character in the series. Agreed.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not sure what you're... Your la- you have a, one more point in here, The Harry. last
3: point, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, Harry is not really scared, right? He reflects on what he has heard downstairs. So he accidentally overheard them. Didn't mean to, but now he knows, which is good, because that way Arthur doesn't have to break his word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. True. So he goes back up. uh, He fakes a little smile for the Weasley twins, and then he goes back in his room, and he's like, oh my goodness, what did I just hear? And then he reflects on it, and he's like, I'm not really that scared. He's actually worried (laughs) about now his chances are zero to go to Hogsmeade, because Mm -hmm. no one will let him go. Right. uh, Because Black is specifically after him. And I was... Just wondering if his subconsciousness somehow is telling him, oh, I that Sirius is no one to be it's scared of. He's not a threat.
2: Is not a threat? Okay.
3: And since he was always around when he was a, just a tiny baby, you know, we don't remember, vividly remember anything of her our first year of life. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. everything, we there's some some impression that's oh, long absolutely. forgotten or something. Yeah, the I get faces you. of our mom and dad, we lo- yeah. absolutely. We we see that when we were very little and and, and recognize that. Throughout right, our lives.
2: I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, because they had been in correspondence. We find the letter for between Sirius and Lily. He probably uh, came to, to visit yeah.
3: all the time. Yeah.
2: Right, right, and so yeah, is there something in his subconscious that's sort of saying that's not really a threat uh, for now? Yeah, so. just a And tiny- you have the looming lord Voldemort idea like he's he's gone up against the dark lord a, 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 like a couple times and he's
3: oh yeah that's
2: that's almost like i've already done i've i don't know that this is going to be that m- maybe like a false sense of security it starts to develop maybe because he does really go headlong into some precarious situations where mm-hmm. where he should have like a normal student would have been, would have hesitated and wouldn't have done that much but he because of the protections and the and all that stuff and the and the events that he has with Voldemort he grows in confidence and he says it's sort of dumb luck later on when he's talking about the I was DA, gonna say
3: that's a, I was yeah gonna bring up that point that it's a contrast of how he thinks about his successes over Voldemort uh, later on as yeah. just luck
2: yeah for sure yeah. and thinking about that he doesn't necessarily know I don't know, I can't remember exactly if he knows all the different enchantments or protections that are that are laid around him but also he grows in maturity and once he sees what happens to Cedric Diggory I mean that definitely changes what goes down that was a talented talented wizard who yeah. had no chance yeah. and you're that, like whoa yes. and that really i think brings him That's good brings point. him down Absolutely. and he goes it can go so second. fast yeah. yeah it's
3: not really talent
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so anyways wow, wow. <laughs> honestly oh. wow
3: that was such a good chapter i enjoyed our discussion so much
2: yeah that was, that, fun.
3: That was wild so
2: yeah sorry so no we're gonna sometimes dive into the the questions or the theories or, or whatever is, but uh i just we enjoyed so we can't yeah. help ourselves, friends. We can't help ourselves. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we've nothing in the outpost here. But friends, yep. if you want to send us something, we would love to hear from you. Even over on Fleur uh, and Bill, just over on the Instagram there. At some point, maybe during our, our Harry Potter hangout segment, I might have to go do a reading of some of these comments on yes, YouTube. Please. Again, if you want a fun time, go read some of the comments over there because there are <laughs> hundreds and they are hilarious. So I just I love people who are enjoying that um, that, that content. All right. That's all for this week, though, friends. So thank you for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you will join us in the future. We thoroughly do enjoy meeting new positive potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands. B- b- if you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Again, clicking subscribe matters, and it does help us very much. And then leaving a review sincerely um, does help us, even if it's just, you know, whether you... If you're listening, it might not be... There's tons... I always say this. There are tons of podcasts out there. We Mm -hmm. recommend um, numerous podcasts. We're hoping to collaborate with more of them. But uh, I've been a podcast consumer my... Well, for the past, you know, 10 years now, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, back when podcasts were just sort of first coming out, I was really getting into... Uh, getting into podcasts and I, I love it so if you're enjoying this podcast at any capacity leaving a review would be so helpful
3: yep and please also consider supporting our growing wizarding family on patreon or apple premium you'll find all the links down below thanks so much to all our current patrons we appreciate you to luna and back on our next reread episode we will continue our journey through harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban with chapter five the dementor so make sure you tune back in next time and until then have a great rest of your week Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home.
2: Just when the witch behind, just when the witch behind the counter prescribes scab, prescribes scabbers.
0: knocks. <laughs>